is Janacek Arnold. Could be mistaken with that name. Died 13 years ago. Flowers from a man who'd been dead 13 years. Ordered each year by somebody representing himself as Arnold Janacek. It was utterly, fantastically impossible. I went to a telephone. Hello, this is Jerry Browning. You have me scheduled on a plane for 10 this evening. Cancel it, please. I'm staying here indefinitely. You go about tracing a dead man a lot differently from one who's alive. Just to be doubly sure, I visited his grave. His fine, big tombstone gave me verification of his identity and my first real clue. It's a hard world. Poor people get little while they're alive, and they don't get big tombstones after they're dead. I dug through reams of musty old court records during the next few days and discovered quite a lot. Arnold Dranichek had been an enterprising businessman in a quiet sort of a way. He'd had a grocery store, then a bigger one, then a small chain of stores, and at the time of his death, owned 36 such stores. The Draymore chain and a dozen smaller California cities. His will, as filed with the probate court, listed an estate of over $500,000. Final beneficiary, a Mr. Welton Wallace, chairman of the board of the Draymore Groceries Incorporated. <laughs> to get an interview with Mr. Wallace... I merely sent in my card with the name Mary Kovach <clears throat> scrawled across it. Delighted to see you, Mr. Browning. And I might add, delighted to hear that you have some news of the late Mary Kovach. She's alive, Mr. Wallace, and you know it as well as I do. Someday you must tell me how she died. At the moment, rather busy. Pardon me. What he shoved across the desk at me was a check for $10,000. And what I did was... Mr. Wallace, I arrest you for deliberately negating the terms of a will and for pretending that Arnold Dranachek was alive for the past 13 years. Okay, so maybe you read the headlines of how a scrubwoman learned that she owned a million-dollar business because Dranachek's will made her the prime beneficiary with the estate to go to Wallace if she wasn't alive at the time of Dranachek's death. Wallace had been sending those orchids every year and meant to continue sending them as long as Mary lived as insurance, so that Mary wouldn't think Dranachek was dead and maybe investigate. Wallace got a 10-year sentence, and I got $500 plus a kiss from a millionaires. Good pay. Like I said, I'm not a sentimental guy, and when I find somebody who is, it's okay, provided I don't think he's overdoing it. Calling all detectives. An unidentified body, two quarts of milk, and a bet. Those are the exhibits on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. Take a tip from me, Jerry Browning, private detective. The next time you hear somebody say, dead men tell no tales, 
Don't believe it. I stood alongside Lieutenant Dawson. Both of us peered down into the dead face on the morgue slab. I nodded. That's Turk Tillone, all right. The morgue attendant rolled the body back out of sight. Dawson sighed. <sighs> Thanks for the identification, Jerry. You go on. I've got other business here. Yeah? Like what? I've got an unidentified corpse problem. Nothing you can help me on. Dawson, don't hint. If you want me to look at the body, say so. Dawson grinned weakly. Just take a quick look at it, will you, Jerry? The body could have been anybody. Height, 5'8", weight around 150. No scars, no marks, except a neat bullet hole in the chest. Harbor Patrol fished him out last night. Absolutely no clues to identity. What about clothes, wallet, papers? Dawson shook his head. Where you see him now is where they found him. Jerry, here's one man can't be identified. That's ridiculous. Anybody can be identified. I could identify him in 24 hours. Bet your hat you're talking through your hat. I got mad at that. You give me 24 hours and every resource of the police department, and I'll not only give you this man's name, but his killer's name as well. I let Lieutenant Dawson needle me into a bet that I could identify and name the killer of a man on a slab in the morgue, all in 24 hours. It took me about 15 minutes to pick up Doc Eaton from the medical examiner's office and Jack Wilson from the crime lab. They both protested violently. Browning, there's no need to see that body in the morgue again. I've already given Dawson a full report in my findings. I'm sorry, gentlemen, but I've got to have the answers to a few questions. All right. What are the questions? I don't know yet, but we'll find them at the morgue. When Doc Eaton and Jack Wilson worked as a team, they were really something to watch. They analyzed the scrapings from the dead man's fingernails. They typed his blood, calipered his head, photographed hair strands, x-rayed teeth, probed the gunshot wound, tested stomach contents. And their findings were blood type D, age about 50, head shape, dolichocephalic, slight baldness at temples, teeth remarkably free of caries, no nicotine staining, last meal, ham, bread, apple, and an extraordinary amount of casein and other milk solids. Prior to death, this man must have consumed at least two quarts of milk. Overdeveloped muscle in white form. Body immersed in fresh water for approximately five hours subsequent to death. Cause of death, 38 caliber bullet. Name of man, unknown. That was absolutely every bit of what I had to work with. After I drove the Doc and Wilson back to their offices, I went on to the district headquarters of the Public Health Service. You, uh, say the man had consumed large quantities of milk? Hmm. Could be a painter, Mr. Browning. We strongly recommend milk as a preventive for lead poisoning. Painter's colic, it was formerly called. My next stop was the headquarters of the Painter's Union. 
Yes, I think I can get you that information, Mr. Browning. This way, please. The union official introduced me to a nice-looking blonde and explained what I needed to know. Mr. Browning would like to find out whether any of our local members have been reported absent from a job within the past 48 hours. It took a couple of extra hours to get the information. But I did learn that three men had failed to show up on various assigned painting jobs around town. Two of them didn't tally with a description of my man, but the third, that sounds like the one. You say he was on an industrial job at 1040 Water Street? Had been working overtime? I see. Thanks a million. phone call. Hello, Dawson. This is Jerry. Got half your problem solved. The guy's name is Lawson. L-A-W-S-O-N. Eric Lawson. No, I'm not kidding. Well, I can't stop to tell you how I found out. Meet me in half an hour at 1040 Water Street. The address was a big loft building with a sign that read Baker and Arden, Import-Export. I made fast time getting there, but Dawson made even faster. He was sitting in a police car waiting for me. Jerry, how on earth did you get the lead to this place? We suspected funny business here, but we had no proof. I'm sure surprised. If Dawson was surprised, I was astonished. Wait a second, Dawson. You mean to say this Baker and Arden outfit is not legit? Dawson stared at me uneasily. You and I are not talking about the same thing, Jerry. Mr. Baker died a couple of days ago. Bad fall. We weren't satisfied with the explanation of his death. We're still investigating it. And I thought you'd uncovered something about that. Dawson... I think maybe we've got two murders to solve. Come on. It was late, but Mr. Arden was still in his office, and the place smelled freshly painted. Arden wasn't happy about our visit. Gentlemen, I've already explained my partner's death was an accident. There is nothing more I can tell you. Maybe not. But we'd like to make a search of these premises, with your permission. This is an outrage. I will not give permission. That's what I thought you'd say, Mr. Arden. Dawson, go get a search warrant. Well, we got the warrant. And found hidden behind some crates what I'd hoped we'd find. A painter's white overalls, cap, stained shirt, paint-encrusted shoes. The missing clothes of a man in a morgue. We put Arden under arrest for the murder of the painter. And after that, he confessed his partner's murder, too. Arden killed his partner first, then shot the painter, who, working overtime, had been an accidental witness to the crime. You see, Dawson, the man's lack of clothing was the first clue. It suggested a distinctive outfit, something that might be a clue to his occupation. From that, everything else followed step by step. No smoking because of working with inflammable paints, the heavy milk consumption, the overdeveloped forearm, and the rest of it. And by the way, Dawson... I wear only the very best hats. Forked over another $10. <laughs> and that's all there was to it. Like I said, there's no such thing as a nobody. What you do is a sure giveaway to who you are. But don't try to test me by getting in the way of 38 caliber bullets.